to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad that you're here. Welcome to episode 25 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing wonderful. Me too, because guess what's happening in one week? We're going to the beach. Yeah, I'm actually going tomorrow, but I'll be there a few days before you get there. So well, Lucky you. I know, although the weather's about to be cold. But the beach, the cold beach is better than not beach. So. Yep. Oh, I know. A friend of ours, Karen, invited me to come meet her in Hilton Head this week, and it was so tempting. Yeah. Because I didn't work extra this week, but I really felt like if I told my husband I was going to the beach two weeks in a row. <laughs> That'd be it. <laughs> I would I never get, get to the beach the rest of the summer. There you go. Well, we got to <laughs> save the beach for the rest of the summer because I'm my book deadline is coming up. I'm really winding down. I'm getting towards the end. It feels so good. Like I can tell, like I have just a few things to do and then... Whew, then I'll be able to like breathe. Yes. We both have been so busy, busy, busy all We really winter. have. You know, we've started new projects, uh-huh. the DDD yep. social network, which I am loving, loving it. And being more present in my life is just incredible. Oh, I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already decided May 1st, yep. I'm going to kind of just downshift a little bit mm-hmm. and, you know, work on some more me time and get back to my workouts. I've been missing them and I just haven't had time to work them in. So I'm going to make that a non-negotiable. Well, by the time this episode comes out, you'll have 19 days of me time. Yay. I love it. Well, I'm starting it. Starting yep. me time next week. Yep. May 7th. <laughs> this is when my, I'll be able to just be like, whoo, you know, because really when you're working on a book, every minute that you're not working on the book, when you have a deadline, you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Because it's just looming over your head. But then it takes so much mental energy. Yeah. I've actually lost weight over while working on this book because I I swear, I think I would like to see how much energy the brain uses. Really, (laughs) seriously. I think my my brain's like burning up calories, even though, you know, I'm not a calorie counter, but (laughs) it feels that way. Could be you're just too busy to snack. Well, no, I really feel like I've almost been snacking more. Really? Yes, because I'm so hungry. I'm hungrier. Like yeah. I can feel my brain using that energy. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to have a cookie. Like I've had more cookies all right, and lattes. That'll be the next book. <laughs> the brain. <laughs> How much energy does the brain use? Get your brain busy diet. There you go. It's using no. up all those ketones. I will never write a book with diet in the title, by the way. <laughs> In case anybody wonders. <laughs> well, next week on the when we did our movies episode, I think I said that I've never ever seen Steel Magnolias. We're gonna so watch it at the we're beach. We're gonna watch the beach next week. I'm gonna cry. I just wanna tell you now. Okay. All Make right. sure we have Kleenexes. Yep. We do. You know me, I cry at everything. You'll so. cry. Today we have an email to share from Jody Whitmer for our good news segment. 
she lives in Colorado. She said, this story is a few weeks old, but it's still causing a chain reaction that is worthy of sharing. I live in Reunion, Colorado, about 25 miles from the shooting that occurred at a King Super's grocery store in Boulder, Colorado. The day after the shooting, my son, JJ, age 11, was moved to take action and asked me if he could go to our local King Super's grocery store and pass out flowers to the employees. He thought they might be feeling scared to go to work or sad to have possibly lost a fellow employee. I said, sure, let's do that. We went to two stores and he talked with the manager at each location to get permission. He used his dog walking money and purchased 80 flowers and walked around the store and to each employee he found, he handed them a flower and said, we appreciate you. I bet it was hard to come to work today. His actions were met with tears, fist pumps, hugs, and tons of words of appreciation. I took pictures for his grandma, but because I was so proud of him, I ended up posting them on my Facebook page. And this is where the craziness and fun began. A local news station picked up the story and posted on their Facebook page. And like fire, it spread quickly. And within two days, he was contacted by the Washington Post, Good Morning America, The Today Show, Nightly News with Lester Holt, four local stations, Instagram, and all over Facebook. It was a little bit overwhelming and he couldn't put his finger on why this was such a big deal. Now, over two weeks later, the message that he told reporters was that he hoped that acts of kindness would spread and that instead of thinking how nice it was, he just hoped that others would also take action. He has received cards from all over the country. People took his flower giving to the next level and made gift baskets, helped a neighbor, said kind words to a friend, etc. It was and is such a simple act of kindness, but we can all learn from this 11-year-old boy. The idea that simply doing something is what can make this world a better place. You can Google his story to read all about it if you want. Jody encourages everybody by saying, let's all join him. What is something you can do today to make someone smile? I love that. And I really think that we we all want to make people smile. Uh-huh. That we feel good when we make others feel good. And so it's little things. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It's just, you know, treating people with with care and compassion. Yep. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that story. Thank you so much, Jody, for sharing it with us. Listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. You know, I just had an idea. You know, what What if someone decides to do something inspired by, you know, Jody's son? Just think of something that you can do, listeners, you know, inspired by JJ, age 11, uh-huh. and pay it forward and say, I'm paying it forward for JJ. This is what I did. And we'll share that in upcoming episodes. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, and the, the good news will be coming from us. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. Today, I want to share about Pampered Chef's Cookware. Nearly every day in the Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry Facebook group, members ask about what kinds of pans people like. Just this week, somebody asked if Pampered Chef skillets are worth the investment, and there were over 50 positive responses from members who swear by them. Some of them have detachable handles for storage, they are oven safe, and they are also dishwasher safe. I have all of the stainless nonstick skillets in the wok, as well as a couple with the detachable handles. I also love their preseason cast iron pans. 
Something to keep in mind when deciding whether or not you want to make the investment into a quality set of cookware is the warranty. Pampered Chef has a lifetime warranty on their cookware. I bought a set of high-priced cookware about seven years ago and it did not make it to the five-year mark without significant wear and tear and some of the saucepans warped and then the lens, lids would not fit them anymore. Oh, I hate when that happens. And cheap cookware, it does because it's too thin to hold up. And I spent several hundred dollars on that thinking I was getting a good set and I was very disappointed. Right. Since upgrading to Pampered Chef cookware a year ago, I have never been sorry and each time I use them, I am grateful that I made the investment. If you want to check them out, go to lifelessonscommunity.com and visit the Shop With Us tab. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to talk about a topic that is not discussed enough and that sadly, most women don't even know enough about. The topic is menopause. One listener, TW, wrote, everyone tells you that you will start your period and what it's like to be pregnant, but no one talks about menopause. Why do you think that is? It was such a sad period for me. And I feel like if I had known more, maybe I would have been in a better place to accept it. I know that she is not alone. When I broached this topic with our community, I was overwhelmed with the number of responses I received, questions that needed answering, and misconceptions that needed clearing up. So today we are going to explore this because TW is right. We should be talking about this. We should know what to expect leading up to it and what happens after. And as women, we should be having these conversations. We are so fortunate to have Dr. Anna Kabeka here with us today to answer questions from our community and to help educate and empower you to be able to navigate this time in your life with more ease and understanding. Dr. Kabeka is known as the girlfriend doctor, and although she and I have never spoken before this morning, I already know that I would like her in my girlfriend corner. Welcome, Dr. Anna. Hey, welcome. Good to be here with y'all. And it's good to be here with you. And I just want to say, Dr. Kabeca and I have spoken. She's been on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast twice. And she's also been on Melanie Avalon's Biohacking Podcast. So after we're doing a two-part episode today, so it'll be two more. So that'll be five episodes <laughs> that we've put out into the world with you, Dr. Kabeca, if we count Melanie's. So um, it's great to connect with you again. Well, I'm so honored. So basically what we're just going to do is a little like Q&A session and then, you know, as we talk, you just dive in where, you know, you need to, you know, dive into a subject. Some of the questions are very similar, but I'm going to read kind of multiples in groups that are similar just because I think every question is pertinent. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to start with a couple of questions that we have here and then um, we'll let you, we'll let you jump in and answer them. So Barb wrote in, she said, I don't understand where I am in this whole process. I have not had a period for 10 months. Does perimenopause include the whole time from your first symptom until you have been period-free for 12 months and then you are in menopause? The terms just seem confusing. And Anne wrote, please help us understand what and when pre-perimenopause and post-menopause are and when do they happen? Is there a true definition for each phase? What is each? When is each? When do you go from menopause to post-menopause? So if you would just start by going over the correct terminology, as that alone seems to be really confusing for people. And we just want to make sure everybody understands, you know, the, the terms and phrases as we talk today. Oh, my gosh. I want to say if you're confused about terminology for menopause, join the club, right? <laughs> <laughs> join the club. I promise you, your doctors are confused. I mean, this is it's so bizarre. We have very little 
really good guidelines around this because they run through some examples, but you know, with puberty, right? Puberty, natural, everyone goes through it. We have a definition. These are the signs of puberty. We know the signs like when you first start hair growth or right. breast bud development or pubic hair development, and then your period starts. This is all the period of puberty. It's not just when your period starts, right? Right. And the same for guys. Well, menopause, also a natural process. Every one of us is gonna go through it, right? Mm -hmm. Just a very good, beautiful and a significant transition in our life that needs to be honored and not silenced, that needs to be respected and appreciated. And we, you know, it is a natural process. I will say menopause is natural, suffering is optional. And, oh, and I that, love that is, yes, that is so true. And I've seen it, and I've seen it with myself. So when we talk about the period of pre-menopause, I mean, that is just, we're just, saying premenopause is technically the time before you become symptomatic for menopause or before you go through menopause. And that's where it gets confusing. So like as a 20 year old who's having periods premenopausal, yes, technically she right, is, right. right? And then perimenopause, this time where you're feeling symptomatic. And this is where it's really interesting. Are those PMS symptoms you're getting in your thirties and your irregular cycles, is that perimenopause? Or is that, you know, premenopause? And this is where it gets really confusing. But yeah, I call that perimenopause. These are symptoms of hormone fluctuations that are out of balance, that if they're not corrected are gonna accelerate your journey into menopause, which is technically one day of your life that is designated as 12 months after your last menstrual period. But lo and behold, what then happens, like as it has with me, when your periods start again after that? <laughs> well, now you're perimenopausal again. So menopause is one day. Menopause is technically considered that day that you are 12 months after your last period and postmenopause is after that. Now, what okay. about women who have had hysterectomies? Yeah. When are they menopausal? Right? right. So the terminology really sucks. It right. really does. And it's it's not clearly defined like it is with puberty. It's not, uh, you know, an easy process to understand. And this is where, you know, those terminologies get difficult. So if we consider that woman who's had a hysterectomy, and she is, and this is where your physicians are like, oh man, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's peri, again, I don't, I don't know. We can check your blood work, right? We'll check your blood work. And typically would, we would check an FSH and LH and an estradiol on day three of your menstrual cycle to see how well your ovaries are functioning, or if you haven't had a period in a while, that would be at any day. Again, inconsistent, because our ovaries are still cycling at some level. Now, if we've had a hysterectomy and our ovaries removed, you're absolutely menopausal. Okay. There's no question about it, you're menopausal. But if you've had a hysterectomy, in other words, your uterus is removed, but your ovaries are still there, one or both, we don't know unless we're checking these significant lab markers. Because hormones are still being released because you have your ovaries. And so you're just not sure. You're not having yes. a period because you have no uterus, but you could be peri, you could be post. It right. just, it's hard to know. Yeah. Right. It is. And then our adrenal glands should be taken over. There's a lot of questions coming up actually for you about that whole thing with women have odor ovaries but don't have periods so great before we get to that there is a good question that came up is uh cindy from oregon she says does the age range for perimenopause vary among women of different racial and ethnic backgrounds 
You know, that's a really good question. And I would say it also, I would say there are variations. Technically, we consider the age of menopause 52. It's moved up to 51 mm-hmm. as of recent analysis. But the time of, I want to say the time of perimenopause, perimenopause can be plus or minus 10 years. I mean, the symptomatic period can be plus or minus. I've had women with symptoms 15 years. And so, but different racial and ethnic backgrounds, that is that is an interesting question. We definitely know that around the world, there are women that, you know, the average age in general is that 52, but the fluctuation is great. And the symptoms around it vary significantly. Like mm-hmm. we, uh, for example, in Japan, a very asymptomatic menopause. And in fact, the way, one of the things that I learned in studying uh, menopause around the world, was that the Japanese used the term konenki to describe this change of life. And that means second spring. And I think that's a, a much better terminology, like breeze through menopause into our second spring is how I interpret that. Oh, I, like I agree. That. that is a beautiful way of looking mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. 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 So leading up to what I mentioned earlier, so Becky, one of our members, she wrote in and she said, if you don't have a uterus, how do you know if you've made it through menopause? And then Amber from Hawaii, she wrote, I had a partial hysterectomy. My ovaries and cervix were left intact. Should I be concerned about going into menopause earlier because of the surgery? How will I truly know when I've reached menopause given I no longer menstruate? And then this was like identical almost to my question for you. Um, I can't get a straight answer from anybody. I actually asked my family physician for hormone levels be drawn and he told me that was unnecessary. I'm 47. I had the Novasure endometrial ablation about 13 years ago, so I haven't had any spotting or anything in over 11 years. So, like, how do I know if I'm perimenopausal? How will I know when I'm menopausal? Like, how? What do we as women need to be doing to be more proactive and know where we where we fall on that spectrum? Because I think it does matter, even if my doctor tells me that doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, it is so crucially <laughs> important. It is so crucially important. I'm glad you bring this up because I think Novasure ablation is a great procedure because of all the irregular cycles. But the, those symptoms, irregular uterine bleeding, heavy uterine bleeding is a symptom of underlying hormonal imbalance. And if we're not addressing that symptom, those underlying hormonal imbalance issues are still, are still going on. So we have to address those those issues. And so with the ablation, again, great because you know you don't lose blood every month, it makes life nice. And there's really, as far as we know, no disruption to hormones, no earlier menopause as a result or any side effects related to that at this point. And so that's a beautiful thing. The issue is, okay, now how do we know? And I think that comes to that testing, FSH, LH, and estradiol levels, so looking at that blood level, but I also wanna look completely at other things that could have contributed to the regular bleeding too. So we also wanna look at the progesterone level because low progesterone, testosterone, a free and total testosterone level, and a really good look at our, our thyroid hormones. So a TSH, a free T4, a free T3, and thyroid antibodies, because those are things that can affect our regular menstrual cycle. And then there are a few others. They all work together. They all work together. And add in some vitamin D, because vitamin D is necessary for hormone receptors. And for hormone, especially progesterone to function and oxytocin to function properly. So we need healthy vitamin D levels. So that's part of like a female hormonal panel that we should get. And then we should look at it again in six months. 
Am I staying the same? Am I going up? Am I going down? And I forgot to add the DHEAS. DHEA sulfate, because we're talking about blood tests here. If we were looking at salivary tests, we would look at DHEA. But DHEAS is an adrenal hormone, and our adrenals take over for our ovaries. You know, they, they support, they are, you know, DHE is a precursor to estrogen and testosterone down the line. And it is an important, really an important hormone for our brain health, our sexual function, our mental health as, as we get older. And I mean, throughout every stage of life, I mean, absolutely critical. And it starts to decline in our late 20s, which really is, is sad. So we need to look at that. And this is an important number. And these are important tests to look at as women. And we're looking at this stage of life because how how amazing that we can empower our body to balance our hormones so naturally that, you know, the transition can be painless that can be mm -hmm. symptom almost symptomless right almost symptomless so what you do is after you test with patients of yours you do supplement i do okay what what types of supplements do you what are the formulations what types of things do you do specifically well you know this is part of my journey too because at 39 i was diagnosed with early menopause and infertility i couldn't get pregnant and i was told the only chance that i would get pregnant would be egg donation now i trained at emory university and i worked with some of the best physicians and reproductive endocrinologists in the world and and consulted with one of my absolute favorite and most respected and when he told me that that was devastation upon mm -hmm. devastation at that time and i was 39 helped thousands of women get pregnant right and conceive health, healthy pregnancies deliver beautiful babies and here i was being told nope your your ovaries are shot there's no chance you're you know only chance is egg donation. That wasn't a choice for me at the time. And so um, that was what took me on this journey around the world looking for answers because my doctor's bag was empty. Right. Again, here I trained at one of the best institutions in the world, Emory University, and my doctor's bag was empty. I had nothing to help me. And then that stamp of diagnosis, early menopause, ovarian failure, infertility, boom, 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 right? And that's where that's where I learned. I learned so much about how the body was able to rejuvenate itself. And for our listeners, good story, because at age 41, I became pregnant naturally with a beautiful baby girl who's now 13. And her name's Ava Marie, but conceived her naturally and Love delivered that. her. And it was just a beautiful and probably my healthiest pregnancy. And I remained with, you know, I reversed that early menopause for another, you know, till age 48, where I started getting really symptomatic again, That's and then amazing. again, reversed it. So these are the things we can do and certainly supplementing. The first thing I always say it is it is nutrition and lifestyle that makes the biggest impact in our health. And as a physician who would just like to operate and give you a prescription, because that makes my life easier. <laughs> It really pains me to say that, but 90%, right. okay, you know, probably 99%, but I'm still a physician. I want to keep 10% <laughs> for my ego. Right. You know, so 90% is in each individual's hand, each individual's power and control. And so nutrition is key. And that's where I talk about and written about in Keto Green 16 and, and my first book, my manifesto, The Hormone Fix, the nutrition and diet lifestyle, the Keto Green with intermittent fasting and no more snacking and get healthy fats for healthy hormones. And, you know, these principles are really key, but so is the practice of gratitude before you get out of bed. 
what do you love? You know, who do you love? What do you appreciate? What are you grateful for? And I know from coming from a really dark place at one time in my life, sometimes you have to make things up, right? <laughs> yeah, we did yes. an episode on gratitude just a couple of weeks ago and talked about gratitude practices. Increases oxytocin and the most alkalinizing and powerful hormone in our body. So absolutely, I'm glad you focused on that because that is something everyone needs to listen to. It is transformational, improves heart rate variability and improves oxytocin, again, that healing hormone of our body. And so when, and that's the hormone of love, bonding and connection. And again, that's why we, we live, why we smile and why we, we look forward to tomorrow. So we wanna create abundance in oxytocin in our life. And that is through that practice of gratitude, appreciation, walking in compassion, that makes a difference. And that's part of keto green lifestyle. That's part of that process. So that's number one, and then supplementing. So you guys are familiar with my product, Mighty Maca Plus. Well, Mighty Maca Plus is a superfood adaptogenic formula that's alkalinizing and detoxifying. And I created it from that journey around the world looking for answers. I experienced maca in Peru, where I was told, you know, if you're infertile, drink maca. If you're not feeling well, if you're tired, drink maca. And then they would elbow my husband at the time and say, it's the Peruvian Viagra. So like, yeah, oh, we're drinking great. some maca. <laughs> and it's rich in arginine, which increases blood flow, which is exactly how you know, how Viagra works, increases nitric oxide synthetase. So we want that. And, you know, as a scientist, I always look to see, okay, well, great, but what's the science behind it? So find out that it also contains really important uh, proteins and, and minerals that additionally help support our body and help support the adrenals. Okay. And that's really a, an amazing, amazing adaptogenic product. And maca is a root, is that right? Maca is a root. It kind of looks like a turnip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I started using that, but you know, my story goes, I couldn't stand the taste. So I started mixing it with other superfoods like turmeric and grapeseed extract and, and some beautiful other ingredients. So your, your maca formulation is a powder that you mix in with, just, you can mix it in with whatever, right? You can mix it in with water. And because I added greens and other adaptogens like the turmeric, quercetin, resveratrol, I mean, these are genetic adaptogens as well as adrenal adaptogens. And the combination really works better than any single ingredient on its okay. own. Mm -hmm. And and great clinical, clinical research to show this and prove this, examples to share with you guys. But what we see is an improvement in that hormone I told you that's so important, that's the DHEA. So we see, we've seen as much as a 200% increase in DHEA wow. in just two months of drinking Mighty Maca, two scoops a day. And it's a powder. And the reason I like a powder formula, because number one, it tastes good. And then you're drinking something good for your body. So there's engaging the senses versus popping a pill. And I've got right. those too, but I love this formula. And, you know, it's, it's really uh, this powerful combination. You can mix it just in water. I like to make an alkalinizing elixir with water, apple cider vinegar, and a little bit of lemon juice too, to just get that extra charge and or mix it in my smoothies. So I typically will drink a scoop to two in the morning and, and sometimes another scoop to two in the mid afternoon. And just really, especially high stress or, you know, when traveling or on the go a lot. I mean, it just really, just really has made a huge difference. I have to admit after researching this episode and 
looking through your website and reading all your information that you have available in your blog post, I did order some Mighty Maca Plus. Awesome. So, yay. But yeah, I definitely have some stress in my life. So I thought, you know, I need all the help I can get. And um, especially since I don't know where I'm at in this whole thing, I was like, right. it's time I start supporting this. I always joke and say as a five-year-plus intermittent faster, people talk about menopause. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to skip that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know why I say that is because I don't know enough about it. It's that right. big mystery void. So I was just like, yeah, we're just not going to deal with that. But one yep. day it's going to hit me and I'm going to be like, what is happening? So I'm officially on the other side. I'm postmenopausal. I, I was with Jen on day 366. She was actually. <laughs> oh my yes, gosh. That's yep, that's awesome. actually true. I had it in my calendar. So I guess you were with me on the day I was, I was in yeah. menopause. Now I'm postmenopausal. But, you know, like you said, the average age has shifted to 51. I'm 51. That's exactly when I went through it. I'm yeah. average. Darn yep. it. <laughs> Well, and I thought that, you know, I'll tell you, you know, it has been, it's really fascinating because as I work with women, as they go through the keto green lifestyle and they use the adaptogens like Mighty Maca Plus, and we add back some progesterone, which is the second supplement that I would add in women going through perimenopause. And Sherry, for you too, you don't have a uterus, but you have the dysfunctional bleeding and progesterone is not just good for the uterus. And often, you know, even women who have had hysterectomies will be told you don't need progesterone. But let me tell you, progesterone is a neuropeptide. It helps with memory. It helps the mind. It helps with a good night's sleep. It helps with our bones, our skin, our hair. I mean, mm -hmm. it is an essential, essential. And what form of that do you do you prescribe your patients? An oral version? Well, oral if I'm prescribing, because we can only okay. do oral prescription, and a cream. Sometimes I use both. And so I created Pure Balance Cream, my balance cream, which is progesterone. And that I'm going to write this one down. <laughs> Yes, you definitely need this. Both of you definitely need this. I need this one. So I looked at that, but you give instructions on how to use it, and you're supposed to use it during certain days of your cycle. And since I have no idea what that is, how would you use that? There should be instructions there, too, that say for postmenopausal or okay. if you're not cycling, day 1 through 25 each month or take 1 to 2 days off a week. So you just, whatever the calendar says. Whatever the calendar. Okay. Or like take Friday, you know, Friday night off or Friday and Saturday night off. And it's called Pure Balance? It's called Balance. It's now balance. called Balance. And it's... Okay. So since I have no idea where I am, like, cyclically, I mean, because obviously my ovaries are still in a cycle. I just don't know what that is. You would just use it like six days a week. Exactly. Okay. Yep, okay. I would use it six days a week. That's and good see. And that's got progesterone. That's good to know. Yeah, progesterone and pregnenolone. So another okay. neuropeptide, another significant powerful hormone. Now when we're stressed, and this is this time that I'm seeing a lot more symptomatic PMS symptoms, right. perimenopause symptoms, memory issues, you know, brain fog, lack of, you know, intimacy. I always tell my clients, if you only hate your husband two weeks out of the month, it's probably your hormones, not your <laughs> husband, right? But it's a true phenomenon. It's a true right. phenomenon. I have to, I'll share a funny story with you. But, it, you know, I mean, it is really, it is really a true phenomenon. But progesterone, this is a powerful neuropeptide and really does make a difference. And it makes a difference in our quality of life and our quality of longevity. And as a physician prescribing progesterone for women, I started prescribing it for treating other, once I understood all the roles of progesterone, I started using it in women for things other than irregular bleeding. I started using it for postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. I started the best, best one of the single best thing I found for postpartum depression, wow. one of the single best things with vitamin D. 
So progesterone. And then, you know, this to help them get a good night's sleep or to help with brain fog just because it was essential or to help with bone health. And every woman, especially those that had just been on estrogen, been postmenopausal for a while, would come back in and time and time again, they said the same thing. Dr. Ann, I feel like a cloud has lifted. Like wow. I see the world in color again, you know? And it was, and it it's so, so true. It is a travesty for physicians to withhold progesterone from women and that is why i also created my pure balance cream plus balance cream plus i added tripeptide to it because you know i'm kind of vain i did own a med spa and tripeptide helps with skin rejuvenation if you're gonna put a cream on right you've got the benefit of progesterone oh do you put it on your face then you put you can put it or i put it forehead around my eyes neck decolletage area and i don't know this is an area because we always take good care of our face but our right. decolletage is um you know is this area that shows our age mm -hmm. right? that's true like so your, cle yep. your cleavage area your cleavage right. area use the progesterone here and also gets rid of age spots so you see i don't All have right. any sunspots oh, well i've got to get some of that okay i'm, I'm putting it on my list love that mm -hmm. Yeah, they really, and then I like will put some on my hand. I don't have like my hand, you know, no sunspots. And I've been a sun worshiper since, you know, I'm just. Oh, that's me it. too. Yeah. yeah. I live so we for want, the sunshine. Well, I like to get my vitamin D from the sun. Exactly. Yes. Me too. Me too. And yeah, that made a big connection when you were talking about vitamin D. It, it made me think that perhaps that's why I don't sleep as well in the winter. Yes, absolutely. And again, you know, vitamin D is a necessary like cofactor for so many of our hormones. Mm-hmm. So that very, for very progesterone to work, mm -hmm, absolutely, and to increase melatonin production, okay, essential. So even if we can't get like getting the sunlight, the you know, uh, sunrises and sunsets, that's a huge biohack. Right, that's a huge biohack to get that in your eyes without your contacts in, without glasses on, and as you know, you know, a person who wears glasses or contacts continuously, it really has to be that you know, first morning, get out, get some sun, you know, get the, I go to the balcony here. Now that I'm in Dallas, I've got a beautiful balcony and I'll catch some morning rays just without my glasses or contacts in. And that is essential for grounding me and increases you know, my energy. When I'm at the beach, I feel pulled to go out and watch that sunrise over the ocean. So I get it. It feels good. It's natural. And it's also doing something biologically. Yes, yes. That's what's important. Let's get back to some questions. We have a lot of questions regarding hormone therapy, both bioidentical and conventional. And um, all the questions differ just a little bit. So I think Jen and I will just take turns reading them back to back here. And then you can just jump into that real quick if that's okay. Perfect. All right. So we've got a question from Gigi. I have been recently forced into early menopause because of chemo and a stem cell transplant. I never went through perimenopause. The hot flashes, night sweats, and dryness hit hard and fast. I'm 43 years old. Please tell me the good, the bad, the ugly of hormone replacement for someone my age. Thanks so much. And then Jenny says, what are your thoughts on bioidentical progesterone to prevent vaginal dryness and atrophy, etc.? Will regular labs levels provide the information we need or is there a different lab value we should check thank you so much oh my gosh these are great questions these are really great questions and so we have a great audience you do have a great audience and i love that they're sharing this and they're inquisitive and they're really being proactive for their health well i'm telling you like i i believe 
tremendously, not to, not hormone replacement, but bioidentical hormone replacement. This makes the difference. As a physician, you know, when we have a choice between synthetic hormones and bioidentical hormones, why would we choose synthetic? There would right. have to be a really good reason to do that. And if, if there is, if we do choose, if a physician does say, okay, I want you on this regimen, if it's synthetic hormones, it has to be for a very short time, and I would say less than two months, certainly less than six. But bioidentical hormones, we can be on the rest of our life. I mean, this is like food for our body. Like we would not stop eating. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that bioidentical hormones are really helpful. And then I always get the, you know, the follow-up question, well, you know, do we really need hormones for the rest of our life? I mean, there are people that aren't ever on hormones, right? And this is true, but are they living your lifestyle? Right. You know, how is their life? Are they in community where they're outside walking, getting together with family, multi-generational homes, lots of oxytocin in nature, right? And and I've, I've when, um, blah, blah, blah. I visited around the world and I've traveled and I studied with so many different cultures and that's what creates that longevity. And in the cases though, when we, you know, an ounce of protection is worth a pound of cure. Right. How well can we live our life? Do we want to have osteoporosis? No. Do we want, you know, so do we want to have incontinence? No. Do we want to have these symptoms that are um, synonymous with aging? No, we don't want to. So an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I would say bioidentical hormones when it comes to replacement, this is what I've done. I've been doing this now, you know, I trained uh, 30 years in medicine. So, um, but for the last, oh my gosh, 20, over 20 plus years using bioidentical hormones exclusively. And what I start with now is using bioidentical progesterone first okay. and supporting the adrenal. So the concept, especially perimenopause, PMS, those symptoms early on, Mighty Maca Plus and the balance creams and the balance cream for cycling is just those two weeks of the month, those two weeks of the month. So somebody asked if topical use of creams offers the same protection against increased cardiovascular disease that come into play after menopause, is it the same protection that oral hormone replacement therapy offers? If it's the dose and absorption, it can be even better because okay. oral hormone replacement can increase a marker called HSCRP, C-reactive protein, uh -huh. an inflammatory marker that increases your risk for blood clots. And that's what we're seeing with birth control pills, right? Right, and right. Then, and we're seeing that increased risk of blood clots and that oral estrogen does that. Transdermal estrogens do not. So my clients who have had blood clots, DVTs, you know, uh, issues, difficulty in, in pregnancies or stroke, I can use transdermal. So I'd start with like the balance cream or a transdermal progesterone or pregnenolone and a tra definitely transdermal estrogen. Estrogen's the ones that orally can increase your risk of blood clotting. Progesterone, right. DHEA, testosterone are not associated with any increased risk of, of inflammatory markers, but estrogen orally is. We wanna switch if we're on oral estrogen after age 50 or with any symptom, you know, any significant history of heart disease, we definitely want to switch to transdermal and again, bioidentical versions of these hormones. Okay. So one of our um, listeners wrote in, and I actually have a friend I work with that has this problem that they have factor five Leiden. Uh -huh. And so they cannot take hormone therapy. How does transdermal affect that? Is that an option they need to be looking into? That is absolutely an option they need to be looking to. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And I've treated clients with factor five laden and there is something very significant, but not only would I use transdermal progesterone, but I would be using healthy doses of omega-3 
you know, fatty acids, omega-3s. I should probably be on two, four, probably around 4,000 I use of uh, milligrams of, you know, of an omega-3, a healthy omega-3, and also uh, vitamin C and uh, something called, if she has factor V laden, something called natokinase, which is an enzyme that really does help prevent blood clotting. So that's- Say that again. Natokinase. N-A-T-T-O. Is it a proteolytic enzyme? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. I've heard of that. And similar to like a serapeptase kind of a thing, I think. Yeah, and I love serapeptase too. NATO kind okay. of specifically has great research about, you know, using it in patients with clotting disorders and for risk of stroke and heart disease and all of those things. And natokinase in someone with factor V laden, I wouldn't hesitate. Okay. And of course, omega-3s that keeps our fluidity. And then again, no sugar, right? The most important <laughs> thing, no sugar in your diet, no glutens or grains, you know, really keep your pipes clean as possible. Keep inflammation at the lowest you possibly can when you know you have that risk factor. Now, I do have one one final question before we run out of time on this episode, and that is weight gain, menopausal weight gain during the transition. You know, it's almost a given. You know, we, we've been told you will gain weight while you have menopause or while you're transitioning. I actually am on the other side now, and I, I did not gain significant weight. And, you know, I'm smaller this year than I was a year ago. Of course, we also had the pandemic at the same time. <laughs> so <laughs> I may have gotten a little fluffier, but... Is it, you know, should we just say, oh, well, I'm going to gain weight. That's just what happens. Because I reject that notion. What mechanism is at play that that causes the weight gain? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, and it is. And, and for most people. So I think, Gigi, because you intermittent fast regularly. Right. Right. So you're insulin sensitive. As we get older, you know, our reproductive hormones are decreasing, but these these other hormones that do make us gain weight, like insulin, cortisol, right. n- naturally increase. Adiponectin is another hormone that comes into play with just that weight gain, changes your metabolism. We shift to a conservation mode in menopause and postmenopause. So we kind of we have to we have to work around it. And so and and that's been that was why I wrote my uh, second book, Keto Grain 16, I talk about mm-hmm. the 13 weight control hormones and what we need to do to, you know, to manipulate around these issues. So as your other hormones start to decrease and, and just change as, as everything, the balance know, changes, and change, does that cause the insulin to raise or just your insulin has been raising over time and it all just sort of happens around the same time? Typically, your insulin's raising over time, but in okay. general, it's our genetic clock, like our ovary, the ovarian function, the changes in LH and FSH, the signaling of these hormones in our body from reproductive time to post-reproductive time, how these, how these hormones come into play as well. So it's this combination. And because when we intermittent fast and we go keto green, you know, we uh, avoid, we become more insulin sensitive and that helps mm-hmm. our other hormones as well. So, and the function of our other hormones as well. And so that's where you can transition. That's really one of the secrets to transitioning through menopause really gracefully. I feel like I did, and I'm grateful for that. I I made the transition gracefully, as you said, and so people don't be scared. Don't be scared. (laughs) Have have a plan, and you want to be healthy. If you can get healthy during perimenopause, I think it helps you go through the transition without a doubt. Absolutely. Because I was a train wreck back in, you know, 2013 before intermittent fasting when I was obese and I had fibroids. And, you know, I think I would have had a very different transition 
if I hadn't gotten it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've known Jen for almost four years now, probably four years now. Mm -hmm. And I don't like you've never complained to me about the menopausal symptoms that yeah. a lot of our community members and our listeners complain about. And I think your your lifestyle really helps support that transition for you. Yeah, I think so too. Well, we are out of time on part one. So join us next week when we have part two of our conversation with Dr. Kabeca, and we're going to dive into the topic of sexual health and libido. So I'm looking forward to that one. See you next week. Bye. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, We want to take a minute to tell you about a company that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And we have partnered up with Dr. Anna Kabeca. If you are interested in exploring any of the products that she talked about on today's episode, whether it be the maca or the uh, Jolva cream or the balance, balance balance progesterone, that's what I'm really excited about trying. Yes, we will have a link on our website at lifelessonscommunity.com and go to the shop with us tab and check it out. Um, her, her website's fabulous and um, you can learn all about the great products that she has come up with formulated to help support you through this period of your life. Yep. And you'll, like we said, we'll have links to all of them there. Lifelessonscommunity.com. Go to the shop with us tab. It'll be right there for you and all organized in one place. You don't have to write everything down and remember where to go. Next, we have a segment that we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from KC. KC says, I've dealt with a lot of grief over the last five years, losing several family members, which included my mother and brother. Grief is unpredictable. I would fear that my grief would creep up when I was talking to someone and I would be overcome by emotion. But then one day I realized it really is okay to share that emotion. I explain it like this to people dealing with grief. You know that feeling when you're talking to someone about a loved one that you've lost and you begin to tear up, but then you quickly compose yourself and apologize to the person for getting so emotional? How about from this day forward, instead of apologizing for your emotion, you just say, thank you for giving you that moment to express your love through your grief. At the root of its core, grief is just love in its rawest form, and any kind of love is a gift to give or to receive. Wow, I love that, Sherry. I do too. I've talked before about losing my brother in 2010. And I mean, it's 10 and a half years later, and I still get teary-eyed when I talk about it. And I wear his thumbprint around my neck, and I often have patience ask me or say, you know, I love that necklace. What is it? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'll say it's my brother's thumbprint. And then of course they always say, oh, I'm so sorry. And they'll ask me a question about him. And I cry in front of my patients every time. And then they apologize. I said, no, don't apologize. Like my tears are my love. Right. And and it gives you that chance to remember your brother every time. That's why you wear the necklace. Yeah. You wear it to remember him. Yep. Keep him close to your heart. That's exactly it. So where, how does someone go about getting a thumbprint necklace? Because I love that. And, you know, that's not something that, that I've ever seen, you know, where to, where to find one. But I bet a listener might be interested. You know, it's so funny because as I have had friends lose a loved one, you know, since I lost my brother, 
and they might post about it on Facebook or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be a weirdo, but <laughs> you know, as you're planning the, the funeral or the memorial service or whatever, if this is something you would want, ask your funeral home about it. So okay. our funeral home had them there. like. So that was just something they offer. Mm-hmm. That's very smart. I love that and caring. Yeah. And so it was one of those things where I didn't want to deal with the whole picking out the casket thing. Right. I was there to support my parents, but didn't want to be involved in that. And so I was just wandering around and I saw the display case and they came in different shapes and, and whatever. I got my mom one that's heart shaped and mine's just a little metal. A circle. Mm -hmm. I've worn it every day. I don't ever not wear it. It's always, my brother's always with me. It's kind of my worry necklace. If I'm stressed out, I kind of rub it and I think about my brother and I'm like, what would he say? So yeah, I love it. And it's it's just something really special. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I hope that people can find them when they are interested. Yeah. At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote is, Sometimes when we are in a dark place, we feel like we've been buried, but we've really been planted. Liz wrote, I love this quote. It reminds me that each time that something negative happens in my life, I can either wallow in it or grow from it. Many times it starts out as wallowing, but it usually ends up with me growing from it. As I was going through a difficult divorce, there were many times that I wanted to shut myself off from the world and just cry. But ultimately, each difficult step in the process reminded me how truly strong I am, what I am capable of getting through, and what kind of relationship I am looking for in the future. Oh, I love that. Because we all go through dark places. But think of it as we are seeds that have been planted in the dark earth. And the be, you know a seed does not grow unless it's planted. Exactly. That is a yeah. beautiful analogy. And then sometimes I think we think that things happen to us. Mm -hmm. But for me, I like to kind of reframe it in my mind and think that it's happening for us. Like, this is happening for me. What am I supposed to get from this? What, what, what lesson am I learning? What, you know, what is what, what am I supposed to be taking away from this? Yeah. And there always is something we can take away, even from the, the greatest pain. There's something that we can take away and... That was really great. So thank you for sharing that motivational quote, Liz. All right. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a great discussion with Dr. Anna Kabeca. And next week, you'll be able to hear part two. So you'll want to tune in for part two, but maybe without the kids in the car for part two. So. <laughs> yeah. And we've already recorded part two, so we know how good it's going to be. You're definitely going to want to tune in for that. So thank you again for joining us. Make sure to join the Life Lessons Community Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll get part two next week. Just it'll pop right up. You won't even have to do anything about it. Also, leave a review so that we can reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.